You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about integrated training. Um, what are the benefits of integrated training? And if you don't know, integrated training is kind of NASM's thing. The OPT model is an integrated training model. And what is integrated is taking different components and putting them together into a system. All right. So we're going to put it together into a system that's going to make sense for us. So we all work together. Well, how do we get these to work together? Well, we like integrated training, first of all, because it is, it, it's periodization. And we've talked multiple times about period, periodization, uh, linear periodization, undulating periodization, the opportunity for us to get benefits by changing a program. But that program change should be progressive. And we've talked about progressive overload and the principle of progressive overload. That's that's important. So it needs to be progressive, but it also needs to be systematic because you can do progressive overload and not follow a system, not follow a path, and then you lose track of some things. So we'll talk about the pros and cons of integration. Why, why would you use integrated training? And what are some of the potential pitfalls if you don't? use integrated training. But let's talk about what integrated training is out there for us. And we talk about integrated training. We're talking about all the different exercises that are combined into one system. Flexibility, cardiorespiratory, core, balance, reactive training, plyometric training, speed, agility, and quickness, resistance training, all of these put into a, a system of training. And all of these have multiple components. So for instance, flexibility training has three different types that go along with it. There's corrective flexibility, active flexibility, and functional flexibility. Within corrective flexibility, there's self-myofascial release, static stretching, and then there are other components that we don't really spend a lot of time on, like contract and relax stretching and neurodynamic stretching. Then the active form of flexibility is adding strength to your new range of motion. And then functional flexibility is kind of the, the title, the implementation of functional flexibility is through dynamic movements. Dynamic movements could be something as simple as doing a squat, which shows whether or not your flexibility is functional but also the dynamics of being able to do leg swings, you know, the Frankenstein walks, the different functional stretches that we add into our everyday movement. Cardio, there are different types of cardio. We have multiple zones in cardio, VT1, we have VT2, there's aerobic training, there's anaerobic training. Within that, there are multiple different components to it. And the same thing goes for core, balance, resistance training, um, plyometric training. There's the stabilization version, the strength version, and the power version. So what I want to talk about here really is what are some of the challenges when you skip steps in this progression? So when we use a progressive system, I think it's very important to point out that that 
we are pushing progressions and we're following a system. There's a, a predetermined path that will follow that gives us clear guidance on where we plan on going and from whence we came. And what's the purpose of this, having that progressive system, is one is that we just believe it's going to decrease your risk for injury because it's really well planned out and it's based on your ability to progress. So we don't jump into too high of a progression first. We build on that and there's a pathway to build your progression through this system. There's also the fact that if you don't follow a progressive system, there can be some frustration with form and uh, technique trying to get those down. And if you're having a hard time with getting your form and technique down, then you have to say, okay, I'm lifting heavier now. Let me take a step back. Now I have to lift lighter. Now I have to lift lighter in order to get my technique down. And some people just want to go hard in the paint. They just want to hit it and they want to go hard and heavy. But there's also, there needs to be some skill training in what we do. There needs to be skill training. And, and I've mentioned this story before. I've been training a woman. And at one point I said, you have been training far too long to still do push-ups where you just bend your elbows a little bit. We, we need to move past that and to get a proper full push-up. And boy, she did not like hearing that. But at the same time, you know what else she probably didn't like? That she's been taking classes and working with trainers for years and years and years and still isn't doing a proper push-up. So, you know, I let it slide for a little bit when we start training, just making sure that she's getting comfortable with me. And then I'm like, look, we got to we got to step back. And no one wants to hear. Let's take a step back. So what does that do? That can help delay our goals. So another reason to follow a progressive system is that if we don't, then it can delay goals. It can limit how fast we reach some of these fitness-related goals. What else? Well, if you don't have a laid-out plan of progression or a system of progression, it also causes the inability to properly track and measure your client's success. And you need to properly track and measure your client's success. You can say, this is where we were, this is what we did. But if you just have kind of random hits everywhere, you're just kind of doing random stuff, then you can't follow progression. You can't look back and say, hey, you used to, to only uh, bench press, I don't know, 65 pounds, and now you're up to 115. Like we, I want to be able to track and measure that and show you the, the progress that you made. And it's very hard to make progress if you're bouncing all over the place because of something else. The last point I want to make is that it creates inconsistency in the way that you provide exercise programming. So finding a system, creating a system, being involved in a system of progression, right? Otherwise you have inconsistencies and you don't necessarily know where you're going. You just know that today is a day that I need to put it together a workout so I just make one up right now. And, and that's cool. Like, and you're really good at making workouts. That's a, that's a gift. But does that workout um, progress them? Are they progressing from where they once were? Or is it just exercise? I'm a big fan of exercise. 
Is it just exercise or is it scaffolding on top of the groundwork that you've already put on top of the next layer, on top of the next layer? You just have a bunch of layers all over the place. I mean, it's cool. You can have an onion or you can have layers of onions all over the place and not have a clue what it's supposed to be. Well, what are some of the benefits? We can just unpack everything that we said when we talked about skipping steps in progression uh, and systems is a progressive system may help to decrease the risk of in injury. It may minimize that risk of injury. And I think that's important to point out because um, nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to get hurt. And that's something that I talk about with my clients, but also like it's something that <laughs> that we talk about when I, so I take, I do martial arts. I've been doing jujitsu for about a year and a half now. And one thing that happened way earlier on, way more than it happens now is how much I got hurt. And I didn't get hurt because people were hurting me. I got hurt because I pushed myself so hard, grabbing onto people, um, keeping in a guard position when people have to escape. And then it hurts my legs. It hurts my fingers when they pull out of my grip. And I just try so hard because I don't know what I'm doing. So I just hang on with everything I got. Oh, these hands hurt. But then what? You say, hey, they're going to break free. You know what I'm going to do? Let go so I don't get hurt. Kind of use a discerning eye from somebody who's been in the industry and who's studied the topics to identify that there are certain things that can increase the risk of injury. And we want, I mean, really the purpose of what we do is first, help people do things in the safest way possible, and then secondly, help them get results. Not the other way around. So they should be they should be much more likely, I've said it on the pod before, they should be much a little more likely to hurt themselves in their workouts than to be hurt with you. Why? Because you're the professional. So progressive systems, especially working with a personal trainer, should decrease the risk of injury. It should also then increase client adherence because through that, we know where we're going next. I've laid out what the plans are, what I want us to do, and you know where you came from, and you're watching that increase happen bit by bit by bit as the progressions start to add up. So we're increasing adherence. Anybody who makes a living doing personal training, knows that every session is another chance to sell whether or not your client will continue to train with you. So adherence to a system and a program allows you to give guidance to where we plan on going. And through that, the next point is it increases the likelihood of you hitting your goals. Why? Well, decreased injury, increased adherence, it's going to increase the chance of reaching those goals, but also because of the scaffolding, adding on bit by bit from one exercise, progressing to the next version of that exercise, and then hitting our goals. But it also allows us then to, uh, two more things here, to track our client's success, and it also allows us to track setbacks. This is what you were doing. This is what we're doing right now. 
right? How can I get back to where I was, whether that was through uh, injury, through sickness, through travel, through delays, through taking some time off, getting back, where was I? I know where you were. This is what we need to do to get back to where you want to be, get back to where you were, and then go beyond. We need to create this consistency with progressive overload. We need to follow a path. And um, if you're not yet uh, NASM certified personal trainer, then uh, I suggest the NASM OPT model. And if you're interested in becoming a personal trainer, you can check out nasm.org. And there's a lot of information there. Also, if you are already certified and you're looking for your what's next, check out the website. There's so many products that NASM has to help you kind of identify your what's next. And as a personal trainer, uh, you know, for myself, even always trying to figure out throughout the years, what's my what's next? NASM has, especially over the last few years, really provided a great uh, path, a system to follow where you say, okay, this is the direction I want to take my career and focus on that. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. You got questions for me, reach out to me. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me at rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.